0: Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Beers and Tears. Today we're joined by Eddie, also known as Please Stand By, um, who has released one single so far, Smoke. One. Very great song. Uh, You know, I love it. (laughs) Um, You also have a EP on the way. Um, If you want to tell us a little bit about that.
1: Um, okay, so, um, yeah, only put one song out on Spotify so far um, as Please Stand By. So that's called Smoke, which I'm stoked about. Um, Going to follow it up with this EP, which is currently being mastered. Um, yeah, it's, it's different from what I'm used to sort of... Um, well, Please Stand By is sort of like the first, <clears throat> I would say, project that I've worked on by myself and like just called the shots entirely on and um, pretty much everything is done by me except for mastering and um, some of the instrumentation. Um, Like I've got a mate that will come and play guitars and whatnot and it's a lot of heavy sample based music as well. So everything else I've done in the past, I've been a part of a band or a sort of like a a trio thing. Um, But this is the first one that's actually just me in full creative control um so yeah it's a bit of a journey um everything that i've done so if you listen to smoke um i had some feedback about smoke today and someone said it's, it sounded like it um it was a bit of very soundtrack orientated it, like, like it was from a movie which is pretty much exactly what i how i wrote it and that's the same thing i've done with the EPs. that it's it's got like a um a cinematic in my brain anyway it's got a um Like each song has an accompaniment sort of film clip. So if each song was to have a film clip made for it, um, the visual matches that heavily, uh, the music. Um, So, yeah, I'm pumped to get it out. I've had to pull one song from it and swap it out with another one, which I haven't decided upon yet because I've had issues with one of the samples in it, the female vocal samples. So that's why getting more custom female samples like um, Bella and whatnot would be rad
0: yeah that so when you so when you write all your um all your songs you tend to have a visual image of what a um what music kind of what music video would go with it as you're making it
1: yeah yeah um 100 percent. because then it's like i get more involved in it like i'm i get i'm like ooh, because everyone loves a mad like cinematic visual like you know who doesn't like getting their, you know, tingles up before when something's coming in on the screen? So, if I can write a piece of music that does that, that's hectic. So visualizing what goes with it is the best way to do it. And a lot of a lot of this um, stuff that I did when I was studying music was very um, like orchestral orientated or like movie orientated. So I kind of just have that influence from getting it drummed into me at school as well. So yeah, it's cool. And I like to edit film. So it's just part and parcel.
0: So I guess they come two in one package every time you make yeah. some music.
1: I guess it's just easier too, because like, let's say i move forward and I do make film clips for it. Um, whoever's helping me make that film clip, cause I can't make it on my own. So I'm going to need like people to help me. I can, I've already got a good solid idea that I can put to them or, or, like help along the way i'm not just going all right make me a film clip and hope that they just do what i like i can you know but i've also got to not try and be annoying in that scenario as well i've got to so if you
0: yeah so if you so you've you know obviously done lots of music study and then done work in um you know with group group music projects and now you're finally doing something on your own what would you say you know inspiration wise um, you have uh, as an artist yourself now. Um,
1: I don't know. I've kind of learned to listen to like when I were uh, music inspiration. So like, if we're talking about other artists that um that inspire me, that's a hard one to nail down because I'll I'll listen to anything except for like full blown country. <laughs> that's it like all oh, this oh, like i've got phantom of the opera Tattoos and um like one of my favorite artists of all time is john farnham yeah but gangstar and like guru and all that are like the the i got you know they're just amazing as well like the, my first ever like hip hop album that launched me into like enjoying hip hop was gangstar so like i go from john farnham to gangstar and I guess nowadays, because of things like Spotify and all the streaming platforms that are available, you can just put it on like a radio station of a style that you might enjoy. And it just, you know, there's no, there's such a like, you know, labyrinth of available music these these days that's hard to actually go, oh, this person, you know, it's like when people mention artists to me, like you've mentioned some artists to me in the before in before and, and I've gone and listened to it and I'm like, Oh, that's dope. So I'll go and explore their music for a while. And then through exploring that, I find more stuff and it's just a matter of just listening and making music that I want to make, but not trying to put too much effort into it or trying to be like someone else, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like if I sit down and go, I want to make a, rap song for this person and i sit down and i go okay rap song for this person it doesn't never turns out that way i end up deleting it mm. or like hearing a sample somewhere in there and then I'll, that'll go a completely different direction and it starts to sound like it could be a song for taylor swift so <laughs> yeah. you know that influence comes from everywhere i guess
2: so mm. how do you go about kind of choosing your samples like obviously you had you've had one in smoke like- Where did you Mm -hmm. find that? Why did you feel like that was kind of (laughs)
1: this? Well, Smoke was actually um, started to be written for a grime artist um, that didn't end up using the track, the demo. So then I changed it and made it my own song. Um, But like where the samples come from is just, like honestly like just listening to libraries and libraries and libraries of samples and um i don't know i kind of hear a bunch of good samples that i want to use and i'll i'll you know set them aside and then it's a matter of trying to remember to come back to all of those really nice samples that you found because you don't want to leave them behind so you know you here and there or wherever you can get your hands on them basically. Um, but for smoke, that was just one that I stumbled across and um yeah, just liked it. It was weird. I never expected smoke to be the first song that I would put out on Spotify as Please Stand By or whatever. So like it was like it just kind of took its own form, which is good. It's like if a natural progression happens like happens like that, you don't have to like just kind of and like the vocal sample from that is just my mate from Xbox, just having a having a rant about the current world situation on my phone and stick it to the headset and record it. Um, and so yeah, it kind of just fitted that sort of. It was nice, but yeah, samples can come from anywhere. So
0: yeah time. i've i've seen i've I've seen you at work and you'll just <laughs> have you'll have literally like a track and then like 10 different samples in it and then with the first sample with the second sample with the yeah, third so much. you must the amount of yeah. times listening to samples
1: yeah it's it's crazy because like to anybody else that's sitting there listening or doing that it's like hear the same thing and someone crazy pretty quickly but like at the same token i'm not listening to that sample over and over again i'm like i have the one main core sample that i'll use and then like you said up to like 50 or 60 at a time that i want to audition with that main one and i'm so i'm listening to all of those and not listening to the main one but listening to the main one and going back and forth and it can get confusing like sometimes you got to step away from it like just take it have a break and get some fresh air and then you dive back into it and hope that you I I mean I've also started a track had 60 auditions ready to go and then I've actually like fallen in love with two of those auditions and then completely forgot about the song that I was making and I'm all of a sudden making a, an entirely new song based off something that I found by accident so yeah, it's, it's just, there is a, I'd like to say there's a workflow, but sometimes there isn't. Mm. Try not to spend too much time on um, the song. So like I might have, so for the EP, I would have, I had uh, eight songs that I was preparing to use for the EP. And what I would do is like spend 15 or 20 minutes on either, on each song at a time. I'd work like a B, blah, 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 blah. And then I'd, when as soon as i got the the feeling of boredom or some sort of like lack of motivation i'd swap I, I swap sessions to the next potential ep track and get you know be like oh yeah that's right this is what that sounds like and be all motivated for the next 20 minutes half an hour and smash out as much work as i can do on that and so that way like i, I get consistency through the ep as well like i've always had a big problem with like this have six songs, but they all sound wildly different mm. which
0: I guess that might that might come with your you know eclectic sort of listening history and all of yes. that
1: yeah, so it's a, yeah, it's all a whole process when and sampling's good because like what I've done in the past, I've always had to rely on it uh, like a vocalist or a guitarist or whoever to like do the work or like, yeah, and stand with them and do this. There's always a waiting game with working with humans, which, you know, <laughs> it's true, but <laughs> it's, yeah, it's true. true. Um. So like when it comes to using samples and all that type of stuff, you know, the internet's a massive place. So like, I don't have to wait for anyone. I can go and say, oh, i sound, I have pianos. Like I do play the instrument. Like I've got a piano out there and I, do a lot of the work as much as I can myself because I can't read or write music, and um yeah, like I don't have to wait for a guitarist to like record it and then upload the vocal and or the the track and send it to me and all that I can just go I feel like listening to guitars, so I just have oh, two million guitarists that I can just listen to and use that I don't have to wait for so Like, that's the beauty of that as well. And then you get into the manipulation of the sounds and you can take one sample and make it sound like something else. So you can get super creative with it as well, I guess.
0: Do you ever wish that you learnt how to read and write music?
1: Nope. (laughs) Uh, Nah. I don't know. Nah, because then the music that I would make would be completely different to what it is (laughs) that I'm making if that makes sense. Yeah, that's so, true. Like, I don't know. It just becomes a like my little sister. She's a whiz on the piano and she was tr- like classically trained to play it. So she can't sit. She has a hard time sitting down and like letting the creative side go with mm-hmm. writing, coming up with something because it's got to be a formula. Like it's, it's got to be true. like, there's too much theory behind it. And that's almost a bit of a boundary. So like, yeah, I don't think I would simply because like, yeah, I can just push it and make any, I can do whatever I want.
0: So do you reckon it adds to the creativity, you know, you'll just like make, you'll just, you know, mess with it and fuck with it until, you know, it just sounds good to you.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Cause I know what sounds shit and I don't, I know what sounds bad and then like, I've got enough people around me to say that that doesn't make sense or the timings off there. So like, if, if something is, like technically out, I've got enough of a network around me to get me that feedback and whatnot, as well as, um, like if the only time that I would think reading and writing music would come in handy is if I was to like go in and work with a full blown orchestra because they're all the theoretical people and that's the language that they speak. So, um,
0: Riz style. I, can't just
1: go in, I can't just go in there and, and go play this, but and they all go, <laughs> um, okay. you know, like they would expect sheet music and things like that, unless yeah. I sat them all down and went, look, let's do it differently. But yeah, so going back to like re- learning to read and write it, I don't think, yeah, I don't think it's necessary now because I've mm, got through that's all true. stuff. Like I passed, I passed my courses and my degrees and stuff without needing it. So that's, yeah, that's true. It. Yeah.
0: Um, do you want to tell us a little bit about, I know a little bit about this already, but do you want to tell us a little bit about the concept of the yeah. character throughout, um, all the songs and, um, potential albums?
1: Sure. So, um, yeah, I mean, I don't know what you call the character, but I guess you could just call it, please stand by, which is sort of like just a static character that, um, it's sort of like a, set in a post-apocalyptic world, which is kind of like everyone can relate to. the f- The characters wearing a um like a please standby, a mask that says please stand by. Um, that was actually all like part of the plan before the whole mask <laughs> thing became a thing seriously. <laughs> um, but even before COVID, it was like it was like yeah, it's going to be the world's fucked and. There's this character that's setting out on a journey. I don't like, like, I've got a massive thing with stage anxiety. Like, I've, back in the past, I haven't been able to, um, like, play a show because I've been so, like, just shit my pants or whatever you wanna call it, panic attack styles. So, a <clears throat> part of the thing is if I'm gonna play shows in the future, I want I de- badly wanna play shows but I need to be able to do it in it. And that's the same as the music. Oh, we're about to go on a, a vortex here, people. Okay. So <laughs> I also write the music in a way that I can have an amazing live show so that when, I'm, when and if I'm doing a live show, not everybody's there just to stare at me. Like, I'd rather it, like, if I've got a female vocalist and, like, horn section and guitarist, I want them to be on stage. I'm gonna have a DJ there with me. That's um, my best mate, who's like a wicked vinyl DJ. So he does all the scratching you'll hear in the songs. So like, put on more of a show and take the uh, focus off me. So part of that is was I was like, oh, I want to like cover my face, but I don't want to wear like a marshmallow on my head or like a, do a dead mouse thing, because <laughs> that's just been done. And I just wanted to cover my face, and I thought the most appropriate way would be just a standard black mask that wasn't. Well, I mean, around. you're a bit a bit ahead of
0: your time there, man. <laughs> thinking about that before COVID. <laughs> you know what
1: I'm saying? So, like, that's uh, that, so that's the, that's the a part of how that part of the character came about. And I was like, okay, awesome. We can work that into like the design of all the um, stuffs, like all the artworks and film clips. So it's you know, I don't want to be in the film clip so you can have a character that is the character covering faces and it makes, it, it makes the creative side a whole lot easier by having a character when it comes to stage and, um, you know, film clips and giving a static image as well. So like the whole please stand by screen, you know, so social media, everyone's got a short attention span. So like giving them a, a please stand by screen and running along with that, like, you know, you can always what's happening next sort of situation. Um, it helps like give you an opportunity to link stories in with one another. Um, so yeah, it's more of a just like a bit of a mystical character that's going about to go on a journey after the, after you know his world essentially is just like falling apart. And um, yeah, there's it's sort of like there's some lovey dovey songs it, like there's a lovey dovey song in there. It's um, there's a a a club sort of song in there that all have a future imagery behind it, so yeah it's a very different sort of um, sounding e p but all very much the same through the journey of this character, which is cool i'm excited about it yeah I guess it adds another
0: aspect of creativity to it
1: yeah, yeah, it just gives like um just something to back up the music, like the music's there. It sounds nice. I, I think so anyway. So um, to be able to give some people like an accompaniment that looks cool. Um, yeah. just adds to the the product, if that makes sense. Like if you can't be going out and doing live shows because of, because of COVID and all that, like you may as well like get creative as possible and try and like give people that experience elsewhere. And what better way to do it than like on a screen in front of you that we all hold constantly. So, yeah, that's the yeah, process of that.
2: Good visuals as well. Like you can go wild with the visuals live and on your phone as well. Like you've already exactly. made that little video thing um, for smoke as well. Um, and that was yeah. like a really cool visual as well. And that could so easily yeah. just be put onto a live stage as uh-huh. well. So exactly. Versatile.
1: Exactly. And like, if you've got like, yeah, exactly. You can have, like if you get people interested in the, what the visual looks like on a screen when it comes time to doing a live show, a, we've had all that time to like prepare for that, but also sort of draws people to come and see what the live show might be. If you can take them on that same experience in person, yeah which maybe that's the way like live music's got to like the whole world has changed so like is live music ever going to be the same or does if it is Mm -hmm. do we have to look at so how that can what that might look like in the future and maybe like giving people a really mind-blowing visual experience is the way to do it like people like grammatic and grizz who too killer artists that I would say influenced a little bit of the music that I'm making now there if you get a chance look them up their live shows are bar nanas like they are just full on from yeah hard to explain but like it's a visual like experience as much as a you know Grizz plays the saxophone so he's like on the podium playing the saxophone with like a marching band behind him and there's lasers and it's all like crazy dubstep it's insane so they're doing live shows at a whole nother level and and like i think that's you know obviously every artist wants to have an amazing live show but i think that it's time for the next level of live show whatever that
0: do you is. think um do you think potentially something like vr or something along those lines would be somewhat the future of live concert like looking at you know the whole covid thing
1: um maybe um augmented reality so i think like a so like pokemon go mm. so maybe more of a that situation in some form like um this is pretty futuristic but like people talk about apple and all these people releasing glasses and stuff like that what if you could you know, have put your glasses on and then you're augmented into a, a, some sort of environment that's to do with that artist. Cause I think like virtual reality has got a long way to go before it actually becomes like applicable to certain situations. Mm -hmm. So I think um, something like, yeah, augmented reality in live shows would be be cool. It's just a matter of if you can get people going back into, into venues then I don't know, like a venue number is going to be restricted. So therefore you've got more space around you as a person. So if you've got glasses on, they can edit stuff in right around you. So it looks like there's more people than there is, or like you might be in a rainforest and you can actually see the other people there as well, but everyone takes their glasses off and you're not, you're just like two feet, like three <laughs> feet away from someone, you know, maybe that's just like, or like maybe music venues become different. They become a whole like like experience where it's not just crowd versus band. It's a whole like you know the circle stage thing. Maybe it's a whole mm. room experience. Mm. You've Got to start hitting senses and stuff like that. Like different senses for people. Like you know, I don't know, squirt roses into the sense of <laughs> roses into the air or something. I don't know. Just make it a entirely different experience for for that smell
0: vision, mate.
1: <laughs> you know. Well, look at what's already happening in 2020. Like, that wouldn't surprise <laughs> me. I mean, like, a very
2: really cool way to look at it as well because, like, everyone's sort of wondering what it would look like, what shows are going to look like. And I think bringing that whole augmented reality thing would be really, really cool. Like, it's not something that many people, if not anyone, I don't think I know anyone who's kind of ventured yeah. into that. And it's such a possibility and it's such a cool thing to do, even if you can go to a live show, like I would, I would definitely go to a show with like an augmented reality just to see what it's like. Like, that's just so cool.
1: Even if it just like burnt the idea of it burns out in a year, like 3d televisions.
2: Yeah. (laughs)
1: Do you know what I'm saying? They were like, Oh shit. 3d TVs. They were here for like, I don't know. I've never even owned one. So like that was all. So even if like the whole augmented reality concert is just like the thing for, the next two three years if that's a way for people to like explore creativity and lead them into what's coming next then like yeah why not maybe it's all about having intimate gigs that are a a good experience with the amount of like lockdown instead of like artists having to like try and who are all have budgets to try and sort of um, adapt to the COVID, COVID world like why put a show on at the Horton Pavilion and spend a ton of money to try and make sure that everyone's X amount of distance apart, there's X amount of people in here, you know, to sort of the costs involved in managing that now are going to go through the roof. So maybe it's time to like, just stay well away from it. Don't like you want a 1000 people in the venue. That's good. But maybe just put like 250 in there and give that 250 experience uh, people like a mind blowing experience that that band can sell out for the next three months Do a show every night for the next three months to cater for the f- thousand people, you know, what that type of thing. So like small intimate gigs spread out like a matinee here and a evening show there.
2: And I think intimate I so underrated as well. Like it really for an audience that is like, mm. it really connects them to an artist, I think. And For, like, smaller artists even who are going to find a more difficult time now more than ever to, like, grow, I feel like it would be a really, really good idea to be able to, like, put on those intimate shows.
1: Well, because that's what artists do, like, when they're starting out. Like, no one goes straight from, like, a recording studio to a sold-out concert somewhere. You know, they all do intimate shows, and that's where you start building your fan base and, you you know, you... um, build up from there and you end up playing massive shows. So yeah, maybe it's a perfect opportunity for every, like, it's a perfect opportunity for like artists just to like everyone like catch their breath and go, Oh sweet. So like, (sighs) sorry, that's my phone. Um, (laughs) The um, every artist to like take a step back and just like, okay, like it's not this massive rush. We've all got some time up our sleeves to like sit down and plan and, Think about what is the music that you want to be making and how you want to go about it. So I think it's actually like, as as scary it is that artists lost their jobs because of venues being shut down and all that type of stuff. I think it's also like it's happened. We just got to look towards like adapting to that now, and you know, just maybe we'll need to take a step back and do small gigs and get back to like mm. eventually doing a massive gig. You know, how cool would be that in you know, like five years from now, like. You know all of these artists that started in an intimate scenario are now playing huge gigs and making really good money for their art because they've had all this time to sort of really take it slow and build up and uh, uh, everyone's in a rush, so if they slow down, you know they can get, a, they can get ahead, hopefully. it's yeah. cross for anyway.
0: That's true. Um, well, I think that brings us to the end of the episode, Mr. Eddie.
1: Hopefully, I didn't dislike. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was-, <laughs> it was done well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I just enjoy um, talking so- about it. because it's interesting.
0: Hey, where's your beer, uh, Eddie?
1: Um, well, it's actually Red Bull. Eddie. Cheers! <laughs>
0: Cheers!
1: Cheers!
2: Big ears.